Welcome to another edition of the Scouting Spotlight podcast on the World Football Index. I'm Austin Miller, joined as always by Tom Robinson. On this show, we will be breaking down the next, next, next Neymar question mark, Talis Magno of Vasco da Gama. He's recently turned 18, uh, eyed up by some big clubs for a European move. Tom, we don't like to do the whole next Neymar thing here on this podcast. What next Neymar are we on at this point? I mean, I think just with Santos alone, there's probably we're probably about two or three d- down the line at least. So um, yeah, I, th- I think we I think it's best to scrap any comparisons, especially with Talas Magno, because for me at least, anyway, he seems like a player who who sort of defies comparison. You know, there's little bits of certain players here, little bits there. You know, but I think trying what makes him such an interesting talent is he is very different for the, the position he currently plays and, and the skills that he brings to the game. So, yeah, really looking forward to, to breaking him down because I think he's... I'm probably going out there and say he's he's my favourite, not necessarily the best, but my favourite young player in still in Brazil right now. Some more stats on him. He plays for Vasco da Gama in Brazil. Uh, he played 15 appearances. He had made 15 appearances, I should say, last year for them. Uh, he was playing in 2020 before the suspension of football. Uh, he played twice for Vasco in the Copa Sudamericana against Oriente Petrolero and also featured pretty heavily for Brazil at the Under-17 World Cup in 2019, which they hosted, and he scored twice at that tournament. Uh, he has all of the makings of a promising Brazilian prospect who is probably not long, Tom, for playing in South America. I think in watching him play, as you said, there's a very distinct style to him, and it doesn't kind of do well to compare him to anybody because he's he's different than a lot of people. He's surprisingly strong for his age. I think that's one thing that sticks out right away. He's bigger than you would maybe expect. Uh, sometimes a 17 or an 18-year-old will, will pop up on the radar and they're these, these, these young kind of spindly little kids and it's like, okay, he's going to need to put on muscle before he, he kind of makes that next step. I don't think that's the case here. He's maybe not fast, but I think he's deceptively quick. He moves in a way that it suggests that he's not very fast, but somehow he beats his defender to the ball. Uh, very good on uh, with controlling the ball, uh, uh, the ball on a string, all of those type of comparisons. Plays primarily on the left wing. He's left-footed. Um, he uses that left foot a lot. And, and, Tom, I think the thing that maybe sticks out most to me is he's a very determined player. And a lot of times when, when you're a young player who's, who's maybe coming up through the system in Brazil... If you're good, you get kicked, and you know that. Uh, it happened with Neymar. It happens with any good young South American player, but even in, in Brazil particularly, you get beat up, and you get taken down, you get tackled, and, and, and a lot of times that can get to young players, and they kind of develop into where they're milking that contact for all it's worth. That is not the case with Talis Mongo. He just fights through everything, uh, you know, Two defenders are going at him trying to hack him down, and he just shrugs it off and keeps going. And it's, it's refreshing to kind of watch him play that style. Oh, for sure. I think that, that work ethic is one of those aspects that, that makes him stand out um, for, for that type of attacking, uh, sort of dribble, skillful player that you see on the wing. So, yeah, I, th- I think, you know, he, he comes from a very humble background. Um, he, he grew up in the the favela sort of right outside the Vasco da Gama stadium. And he's, yeah, he's someone who has got that physical advantage over players of his age, but you don't feel like he's 
just relying purely on the fact that he's taller and, and, and maybe a bit stronger because he is he's quite lean and, and he's got an elegant style to him so he's got that really nice mixture of skills commitment determination and and physique that allows him to yeah, maybe take some of those hits a bit more we we saw him uh when he when he tried a rainbow flick over Fortaleza's Gabriel Diaz he got a pretty he- heavy duty challenge that saw Diaz get a get a red card but he, yeah as he said he he's not someone who's who's looking for the foul he's he's someone who can who can bundle his way through and and yeah i think that's partly what makes him just such a uh, an interesting talent and someone who as you said doesn't seem like they're someone who's just turned 18 making their first strides in professional football he he already looks at home and but not purely just because he's he's bigger than a lot of his peers i think another thing that that really makes him stand out in that respect of of not looking out out of place is is his you can clearly tell that he's got a really really good footballing brain I think it's often overlooked what with all his amazing skills and, and dribbling. Um, but he picks out a really good pass. He, he's got good decision making, a really good understanding of where others are on the pitch, how to link up with them, how to use his body to create space for other players and, and manipulate space for himself. So that was, you know, once you get through all the, all the flash um, step overs and, and double drag backs and, and that kind of thing, his intelligence is partly why I think he's got such a high ceiling. So this kind of brings in my question for you, Tom, with that. He's a very intelligent player. He plays a very different style. Uh, he's a fearless player is one thing that I think sticks out to me. Uh, he's never going to shy away from any sort of situation. He's very confident in his abilities. Where does this player kind of fit into the world footballing hierarchy? Uh, Liverpool are reportedly interested We'll see. Uh, PSG reportedly interested. Um, we can we can talk a little bit more of the specifics of that in a bit. But is this a player that can make an impact at that level, or is his style maybe better suited somewhere else? Yeah, it's a really good question, Austin. Um, it's really hard to say exactly where you can see him. F- turning out long term I mean in terms of the level of club 100% I think he's good enough to to one day play for one of those top top clubs in Europe but you know for for people who haven't seen him he he's typically on the left of a of the front three or um on the left of a maybe in a 4-2-3-1 is is where you typically see him but he's he's really versatile he he started out as a striker obviously with that that height which gives him an aerial advantage as well, which I don't think you see from many um, wide players. Yes, he might not have that burst of acceleration um, that we've seen from you know the likes of Anthony or, or, or other Brazilian talents like that, or Vinicius, for example. I thought you were going to go um, Neymar there for me, Tom, just to bring it all back together, but you didn't. Well, yeah, I mean, I didn't want to give any more fuel to that comparison there. But yeah, again, there's... You, you could compare him to Neymar. Certainly, the rainbow flick I think is what um, that he did was uh, was another reason to compare him to Neymar. But he's someone who who can play all across the front three or just in behind the main guy because he's got all the skills to his game that that would allow him to play in any of those positions. I see him more as what in years gone by would have probably been more of an elegant elegant number ten. 
I, I, I don't think he's re- the one criticism I've got of him is I don't think he's necessarily got that goal scoring instinct. He's he scored a few goals. Um, most of them have been simple sort of tap ins or or little stabs in close to the goal. I think that his goal versus Chepaguense was probably the only time we've seen him have a really impressive finish. Um, and I think he had a good effort against Oriente Petrolero in the Sudamericana as well. But um, yeah, he, he, he strikes me as someone who, when a sort of traditional number 10 was the, uh, the go-to format or having that would be the go-to formation, that for me feels like his best position. But given the, the sort of prevalence of the 4-3-3 and the fact that he's mainly out on the left, it's going to be interesting to see if he stays out there because, like I said, if Liverpool were looking for someone who could work as an understudy, understudy to Mane or something like that, I, I worry that he maybe doesn't quite have the goal threat just yet in his career to be effective in that position for a club of that standing just now. Maybe he needs to go to a, a slightly you know, more Europa League level club just to get his feet under the table, as it were or whether he's someone who finds himself more as a second striker or someone who operates in the sort of middle of that three behind a, behind a main striker. So that's the one thing that I'm really, really fascinated to see where he ends up because he's got the footballing brain, he's got the physical attributes, he's got incredible skill. Um, you know, he's described by Vanderlei Luxemburgo as, as an artist and I think one of his nicknames is Magico. So that gives you an idea of what he's like. He's got everything to to fit into a top club but it's just I think it's going to be more about the the tactical trends of the time that sort of determines where he ends up I'm also intrigued to see Tom how he functions in an attack where he's not necessarily the focal point particularly coming in to whatever club he goes to when he does move to Europe which I think we're both in agreement will be sooner rather than later for a whole host of reasons, particularly among them, Vasco da Gama are always looking to sell players fairly early for as big a sum of money as they can get because of the financial situation of their particular club. You know, what's that going to be like for him? His style is very kind of ball dependent. And I don't say that as a criticism, but I just say that it will be very interesting to watch. You know, let's, let's play that game where Liverpool does kind of take the plunge and bring him in. How does he fit into that Liverpool, you know, alongside all of those talented players that they have, maybe in a situation where he's not seeing as much of the ball as he's accustomed to? Can he still have an impact on the match? Maybe that's as a substitute role, that sort of thing. I think that will be interesting to watch develop as well. Oh, yeah, big time. I mean, you you could definitely see on Liverpool's point of view why they would want to get him in, because having just won the Premier League, they're now in that really vital stage of, of saying, right, how can we improve the depth of this squad and and have someone who's breathing down the neck of our forwards so they're not just complacent and and he would sort of fit right in there because skill level as we've already discussed he's he's more than good enough but as you said he's we don't know just yet what he's like in a scenario where he's someone who has to prove himself someone who's who's not going to get as much of the ball he's someone who is very much better with the ball at his feet than than when he's not in the game and and you know he he works hard to to get the ball back as we as we've mentioned but i think you're right it's the choice of club could be could be really big for him because if he if he doesn't adapt quickly especially moving to europe at such a young age if if he does indeed do that 
it's a tricky and unforgiving time. So, I mean, it would be nice to see him stay in Brazil a little bit longer. But as you said, Vasco aren't a club that are going to be really challenging for the for the league or any continental uh, titles. So, and they're going to need the money as well. So it's it's so weird to think that already he feels like he's a big fish in a in a small pond. Um, and realistically, with that big release clause in his contract it's inevitably going to be a, a pretty big club in Europe. Maybe, a, maybe a big club and then a loan somewhere would be, would be the, the best move for, for all involved. Who knows? Um, one thing that I wanted to ask you, Austin was given the sheer amount of players that play wide left for Brazil and, and how many good players there are and how much competition he's got. Where do you see him kind of fitting into the, to the national team long term? I think, and this is, so difficult to do with Brazil more than anybody else because so much about what the Brazilian national team is, is it's a moment. Um, I think you see that kind of when it comes to a major tournament, whether it's Copa America or whether it's a World Cup, what determines who makes a Brazil squad and kind of how they play, particularly when the attack is, is in concern, is who's in form and who's had a great three months. And so to kind of try and project an 18-year-old into that picture looking towards 2026, if that's what it is, it's so hard to tell who else is going to be in the picture, what moment everybody else is going to be in. Do I think he can play for the Brazilian national team? Absolutely. Do I think he's going to be Neymar in that his name is on the team sheet no matter what forever? I don't know. And maybe the style of play, you know, who's in charge of Brazil at that point could play a big role into it. Maybe he's the guy you take to the World Cup and he's the guy you bring on with 25 minutes to play and say, all right, we're going to play through you now. You've got fresh legs. You've got this brain. Bring us back into this match, you know, seal this match off, get us another goal, that sort of thing. Maybe that's his future. I think there's just so much still up in the air as far as that concerned. Obviously, his experience at the Under-17 World Cup is good. He's in the Brazilian picture. I think he's a player who, you know, we don't know what youth international football is going to look like for the, next, for the coming years, but he's a player who absolutely can be in the conversation for an Under-20 World Cup. Uh, the Olympics in 2021 are going to be an Under-24 tournament rather than the Under-23. He could feature in that Brazil squad. He could feature in the Brazil squad for the Olympics in 2024 in Paris, he's in the picture for Brazil, and that's uh, credit enough to him with how difficult that can be for a Brazilian player. But it'll be very interesting to see, you know, where he is in those key moments for Brazil down the line and and looking years and years in advance. Um, Tom, you mentioned his release clause. He signed a new contract with Vasco in November. That release clause was set to 28 million uh, euros. Recently, Lille in France apparently made a 10 million euro offer. Um, no, that's not going to work. And also Krasnodar <laughs> in Russia have made an offer, an undisclosed offer. Also probably don't think they're going to have what it takes to bring it out of Vasco. Do you? Yeah, I think he's he's probably a bit out of their reach uh, at the moment. But who knows? We you know we saw, we've seen Alfo Geich head off to Moscow. So who knows? Maybe yeah, but Krasnodar, uh, the, Tom, the Russian come on. league. Krasnodar. Well, you know, why not? You know, maybe even uh, so putting the cheeky bit from Tom not. Tomsk. So many reasons <laughs> why not. Um, 
Uh, I mean, I think realistically that the, the type of clubs we're looking at, if he doesn't go to, you know, your Liverpool, your Real Madrid, obviously Real Madrid have got, they've had a bit of a spree in terms of bringing talented young Brazilians. So maybe they'll, they'll have a rest from that. But out of the, the clubs that I've seen linked to him, Benfica, always a good um, option. I think he's someone who could, who could really go straight in and, and, and be good in the Portuguese league. Um, Bayer Leverkusen, obviously we've seen them slowly get Paulinho in, mm. into the mix there and they're, they're someone a good team that don't seem to rush players into into the mix as we've seen with Palacios as well um, and then yeah the likes of Sevilla the, I mean that level of club I think would be perfect for him um, just to kind of get in have have a pretty decent and important role without necessarily being a giant club where expectations are huge and he might see less of less playing time so I, I like those links um, more than the the Krasnodars and uh, and that kind of thing um but yeah we'll, we'll we'll have to see and um another thing that's that's worth mentioning is not only is he going to have lots of competition from from players who are, who are a bit older and older than him but i mean just looking at that forward line that won the under 20 uh, under 17 world cup um with uh, for brazil there gabriel veron cal jorge joel peglo i mean Right there, you've just got four really, really great talents that are coming through. And, and you kind of think if they all progress their, their current trajectories and, and all come through at the same time, then Brazil could, could be looking even more fearsome than, the, than they ordinarily do. Um, some really special talents there. And, and there was a great photo of him. Well, I'm not sure if you've seen it, but when he when he did his hamstring in the round of 16 against Chile, there was this amazing photo of him um, that I saw on Instagram of, of four of his teammates sort of carrying him off the pitch. He had his like hand over his, his face in anguish. Um, really, really kind of potentially iconic image there from his from his young career. So, yeah, it's he's someone who he's got that ability to unlock a defence, a bit of magic through skills or what have you, and 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 maybe his long elegant style of running isn't going to be the the type that necessarily sees him make a, an instant impact in Europe um you know where sheer speed is is probably something that catches the eye a bit quicker but i think he's he's potentially got that kind of cult status he he's just such a he feels so cool and in control and as, as if he's just he knows exactly what he's doing and he knows that he's more skillful um, around him. And I, and I think that when people see a bit more of him, he's he's going to be just um, an absolute superstar. His demeanor almost reminds me a bit of Yeri Mina, Tom, uh, when he was playing with, with <laughs> yeah. Palmeiras. Just in the, like, all right, I'm not the fastest player, but I'm the strongest player and I'm the smartest player. And you can't do anything to put me under pressure. You can kick me, you can hack me, and I'm just going to fight through it. And I'm just going to go. Um, there's almost obviously that comparison falls apart in a lot of different places, but just kind of the demeanor and the way that he carries himself, just positive, fun, a, a guy that you can't help but like to watch play, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, maybe even Paul Pogba could sure. be more of a, you know, certainly when, if you remember him at the Under-20 World Cup, he was just playing in third gear. Sometimes, you know, we've even seen him from Manchester United where you almost think, oh, he's actually kind of putting themselves in, in slightly 
dangerous <laughs> situations just so he can show that he is dominant both you know in more intelligently um use of the ball his his physical qualities his technical qualities there's a bit of that about him sort of maybe a Pogba mixed with a, a Gio Moreno type player so yeah it's it's that kind of guy who plays with that enthusiasm for the game as well as having all the attributes and, and mentality of of knowing right I'm skillful but I know what I need to do I don't overdo it I'm I can pull off this piece of skill but it has an end product to it as well he's not one of these young players who just does skill for the sake of it he there's a there's a there's a method to to what he's doing so um i mean i'd love to i'd love to see him stay a bit longer in brazil but it, it feels like he might be one of these guys who's snatched away before we even get a chance to to properly enjoy him before we close this podcast i will say one more thing tom i hope he does not go to city football group just gonna put that out there doesn't feel like yeah, it's a good be- move yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't be surprised if he if he turned up at Girona or something like that, would you? No, but I hope that's not the case for his sake. I hope we can we can get him a better move anywhere. That's all for this edition of the Scouting Spotlight podcast. Be sure to follow the World Football Index on social media for all the latest from us. Thanks for listening and goodbye.